The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Caesar Augustus issued a decree for a census of the whole world to be taken. This census, the first, took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to be registered. So Joseph set out from the town of Nazareth in Galilee and traveled up to Judea, to the town of David called Bethlehem, since he was of David's house and line, in order to be registered together with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the inn. In the countryside close by, there were shepherds who lived in the fields and took it in turns to watch their flocks during the night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. They were terrified. But the angel said, do not be afraid. Listen, I bring you news of great joy, a joy to be shared by the whole world. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. And here is a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, with the angel, there was a great throng of the heavenly host praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and peace to everyone who enjoys his favor. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Newborn. Thank you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus.
This is a very simple story, at least so it appears. Well, it is simple, but it is also very profound. If we lose the simplicity, we lose the profundity. And we love to complicate things. We can't help ourselves from complicating things. And the first thing we want to complicate is anything that's simple, because that's the easiest to complicate. So we need to listen to be open to this ancient and beautiful tale so full of hope and so full of realism and so full of confidence for the future. We need to be able to listen to it in a way that we don't complicate it. And one reason perhaps that we tend to complicate things is that we are frightened of simple things. Even the shepherds who were simple people were terrified, maybe not so surprisingly, when the, the sky was filled with angels singing uh, their chorus. But right at the very beginning of the revelation of the good news, the message goes out to these simple people, these marginal people, the shepherds, who didn't have a place in the respectable society. These were the first ones to hear the good news. And the first message that they hear is, do not be afraid. So if you're not frightened, it makes it much easier not to complicate and to hold to the simple essence, to the simple truth. The theme throughout these readings has been of peace. In the first reading, Isaiah, Jesus, the, the word, the Messiah, is called the Prince of Peace. And not just a peaceful person, but one who has a universal dominion. And that dominion, that expanse of his influence, of his presence, is a dominion of peace without end. So it's a world in which no complication can, can last. It will always be, it will always be straightened out. It will always be re-simplified by the peace of the Prince of Peace. Okay, that sounds very beautiful and cosmic, but in the second reading, we are reminded that this is something we are working at. And indeed, it is the meaning of our life and this path 
that we feel called to follow. We, and that is to prepare ourselves for the birth of the Word of God that took place in eternity, in Bethlehem, and in our hearts. We can't imagine what kind of preparation had to take place for it to happen in, uh, in Bethlehem. Millennia of cultural and religious experience. And that birth, the eternal birth of the word in the infinite abyss of the Father's love that we, we cannot focus on that any more than we can focus on the edge of the universe with our telescopes. But what we know is that we are called, we are meant, and we have the invitation to prepare ourselves. And St. Paul puts it this way, Give up everything that does not lead to God. And give up all your worldly ambitions. Some hope of that. But we need to hear it because this is one of those teachings that has this irrefutable radical simplicity that will always re-simplify us when we get ourselves into a state of fear and confusion and complexity. We have to discern what it means to give up everything that does not lead to God. And there is no legal code, actually, that will define that. It's what each one of us has to discern for ourselves and has responsibility to be continuously conscious of. Is what we are doing, is it truly leading to God? In which case, how is it changing us? How is it simplifying us? And our worldly ambitions, are they selfish ambitions? Or are they ambitions intended for the well-being of others? If we at least accept the fact that we are on a journey that begins again in each great celebration of the mysteries of faith, we begin again with a deeper, more simple insight. If we sense that, then we sense that we are also being led. There is a grace, there is a presence, there is something that protects us if we allow it to, and will guide us 
through the worst and prepares us for the best. So we're led into the numinous. <coughs> we're led into that space between the dimensions of reality, which are unfamiliar to us, and where there are thin spaces, thin veils, enabling us to pass or to as almost to see through one veil into the next dimension. And our world has lost that sense of the numinous, which is why it is collapsing into chaos. These spaces, these numinous spaces are also luminous. They have a light, they have a brightness to them. But we can't say that we look at them and say, ah, yes, that's what it is. That's the answer. That's the explanation. That's the label. That's the name. Maybe the names, the explanations that we have in our minds are given more meaning as a result of these experiences. But we also know their limitations, the limitations of trying to explain anything. And I think the, the beautiful simplicity of this Christmas story is that it enables us to pass through the different dimensions of reality, just as we should be able to do in daily life. Even when our daily life is disrupted, because there's no room at the inn, because we are about to be exiled, because there is going to be ethnic cleansing, all of which takes place in this story. Let's not forget. And the, our Christmas card for this year, you may have seen it already, is a beautiful painting from Haiti of the Holy Family uh, on its way to Jerusalem, uh, to, to, on its way to Egypt after leaving Bethlehem. And it's a beautiful painting because it, uh, it has such an order about it too, and Haiti is not the most orderly country in the world. That is probably the most disorderly country in the world. And yet, some, some, the genius of this artist working in this failed state is, is to have seen the order, the harmony, and the beauty of this, of this passage that the Holy Family is making, being led, being guided to a place where they can rest until it's right for them to come home. So there are no answers, simple or simplistic answers. There's only simplicity, which contains everything. God is infinitely simple. And so 
What we, what we can, however, experience is that the light becomes stronger, that luminosity which shines everywhere if we allow ourselves, if we can see it, if we're not too complicated to see it. That luminosity is the light and it becomes stronger and more self-revealing as we allow it to guide us.